Agents Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by ZBuyer, and ZBuyer offers an unparalleled home buyer and seller lead generation service. It's made by realtors for realtors, which is kind of the cool thing. Since 2003, ZBuyer has been continually perfecting state-of-the-art lead generation pathways. In fact, I've been using them since 2009. And ZBuyer brings motivated home buyers and sellers to you virtually. Visit zbuyer.com forward slash LCA to see how ZBuyer can help you close more deals in 2022. This is going to be a fun episode today. And I'm going to tell you why. Because this gentleman was on episode number 91. He probably doesn't even remember that. We are now up to episode 160-ish, depending on when this actually goes live. And the last time we talked to him, we talked about what his specialty is, which is video. Over the course of maybe the last 12, I don't know, 24 months, he and I have become friends and and we talk offline and we share strategies and we talk about a variety of things. But what he doesn't know is that when I go speak and I talk about video and I talk about social, a lot of times I bring him up and I bring him up because and this is why this is interesting. I bring him up. He didn't know I was going to say this because he does video at such a high level that I feel like when guys like Brad McCallum, who is our guest today, go places and speak and teach video, he actually intimidates you because he's so damn good. And so we're going to go into this podcast episode today without any specific narrative, any specific plan, but I promise you, we're going to talk about video. We're going to talk about building a brand. We're going to talk about growing a massive business. We're going to talk about the up and comer that he's got in his market. Who's crushing it. Brad McCallum. Welcome to back to the show, my friend. Oh, Jeff, it is always good to see you like on a podcast. Great. But I mean, I think you and I touch base, what, five, six times a week, pretty much. Yeah, no. Yeah, it's been it's been a pretty wild ride since I think episode 91. So I'm pleased to be back. Happy to share uh, whatever I possibly can with you and just chop it up over video, real estate, marketing, branding, all that stuff. I love it. Let's start with this. Let's give a little quick recap of who the hell you are, where you are, and where your real real quick recap of your up, you know, your kind of upbringing in the business, which has been a short yeah. one, and then where you are today since episode 91. So let's just say over the last 12 months. Yeah. Okay. You bet. So about a, about a year ago, year and a half ago, my re- business really started to boom. What, what's kind of interesting about uh, real estate is realtors watch realtors before their markets do, right? We were like, man, that guy's doing something that's good. I want to do that. I know that's going to hit. I know it's going to connect. I know it's going to resonate with my audience. So let's watch him. Let's learn from him. Let's learn from her, whatever it might be. And so about a year, year and a half ago, I was starting to get a little bit of hype and interest about around the videos that we were doing, but I didn't quite feel like I deserved it yet. Like I hadn't really, like I saw the market starting to pick up, but I knew many of the agents that were just really crushing it. In the last 12 months though, uh, in a city of over 6,000 agents and in a relatively short time in the industry, I sold about 20% more luxury homes than anyone else in the city. I sold $71 million personally last year. On the year, this year, I'm already up around 18 or 19 million, somewhere in there. Um, I know I should know those numbers a little bit tighter, but I I don't. Um, All of it is born out of simply trying to create really cool high-end listing videos and then also share sort of the behind the scenes through short form Instagram stories. Um, My Instagram is a, a large source of business. Over the last 12 months, 
Uh, I think even my role sort of in the industry has maybe changed a little bit. I don't like talking about that role because it always feels so self-indulgent, but you know, as we started to have more success on this, uh, on this video side of things, I started to gain a little bit more confidence about speaking on it as if it might be something that would help others, you know, building a strong personal brand in their market and, you know, pushing themselves to go a little bit deeper or to up their game a little bit when it came to quality, because I was seeing the benefits now, you know, three years in into really taking this one sort of niched path in the, in the marketplace. But what, it's interesting is the rest of the market's caught up. Everyone, all the different coaches, guys like Tom Ferry, guys like Jason Pantana, you know, Chet Black, like all of them are talking about the importance of agents growing personal brands. And I think I just had the good fortune to get, you know, into that field a little bit ahead of time. And mainly, I think it was just, just because I was a new agent. I didn't have the bad fortune of already making three, $400,000 a year and having the golden handcuffs of like a life that was good enough. Right. I remember someone saying to me once that the enemy of a great life is a good life. And I think that is true. Right. I was, I was trying to run from a mediocre life, a life that where we were often short and didn't have quite enough money and didn't have enough savings. And the kids were getting older and thinking like, I can't send them to university. So I was chasing, trying to just get into the market and create a bit of a, a great life. And so now over the last 12 months, uh, uh, my personal brand's grown. I think even in the industry, I feel more confidence about sharing what's worked for me. I've seen what I've shared and what others have been sharing work for other agents in other markets that aren't doing it the way that I am, that are finding their own, their own paths. And now a big part of what I do is on the educational side. I'm really trying to push that part of my business out, dropping a new YouTube channel here for agents um, in the coming weeks. And, and, and of course, I did have a brokerage change. We don't have to talk about that, but um, part of that brokerage change involved me bringing a new brokerage into Canada. And so that's actually kind of put me into sort of a de facto cultural or leadership role within the brokerage that I had no idea um, how I would do or if I'd enjoy. And as it turns out, I really like it. So it's been, it's been a good year. Love it. That's a lot to unpack. And I'm going to say it because I can say it. I'm going to tell them the audience that because you don't, I want you to go search for it. He switched from Remax, uh, correct, and went to Real, which is which is a new up and coming brokerage, I would call it. And you're right, we're not going to talk about that, but but yeah. I know a lot of people are thinking to themselves, well, where did he go? Um, yeah. Did he, you know? And so let's just throw that out there so they know. I want to I want to digress for a second and and kind of talk about because what you just said. I can resonate with very parallel. The difference between myself and you, we have a lot of parallels. The difference mm -hmm. is, is I've been in the business 20 plus years. You've only been in less than five, but we still found the same path through innovation. And by innovation, I mean, let's do things different. I, mine was because of a change. Yours was yeah. because you were new to the business. But the point is the parallel is the hockey stick curve, which we've both <laughs> felt over the last few years. Right. And now I to totally agree. Like, Never felt confident to talk about it because the success hadn't followed yet. Now the success has followed. And it's like, let me stand on a rooftop and yeah. tell everyone, right? Yeah. But I want to I want to back up to where. So first of all, let's talk about your just business in general, and and it it it's built around the whole video concept. And I mentioned yeah. it at the beginning, and I, and I want to give this context. The one thing I've noticed when you go to conferences is, is you see and you hear, and not even conferences, webinars now, it's all very virtual, high level 
video executors, and I'm thinking people like you, the Noel Nielsen's have been on the circuit. It's the Zach Faust, right? It's, it's, it's um, Tompkins. It's, it's, yeah. it's Pozak. It's, it, it's the, it's the names everybody knows. The one thing that I always found was that that's, that's the, that's the 2%. That's not the 98%. So how do I talk to the 98%? Because that 98 will never get to the two. So how can we just elevate them? And so yeah. I'd like for you to try to talk from that perspective because your skill set is one that almost literally less than a, less than a percentage of a percentage will actually have when it pertains to video. So talk about kind of, you know, your skill set, but then try to talk to the 98% from your perspective. Yeah. I mean, so here's the thing, my skill set, it's kind of like almost that Pareto's law, right? Like most people could learn 80% of what I know in about 20% of the time and get 80% of the results that I get. So I believe it is actually relatively teachable. And I, I don't believe it's out of reach for a lot of people. I believe that because they have existing teams and businesses, maybe videographers already that they want to work with, that it, it becomes almost more impossible to fit that into an agent's already busy life. However, one thing that I've done is been able to take the basic, the basic essence of who I am, like an average guy who's who's kind who uh I, I who's a dad you know who is who knows his stuff when it comes to marketing and real estate like I, i've been able to kind of put that version of myself out into the world and because i'm using digital media and not the typical you know relationship belly to belly at the dining room table i'm able to scale that sphere of influence that i have it scales out to people that I've not even met before. There's so much content out there about me that people can go online and they can learn about me long before they ever talk to me. But I'm just one of many channels in my own market. There are many channels in every market and there are many individuals for every other individual. And so agents that get tripped up on the idea that they have to be in the top one or 2% to get an audience, to get people to care about them, to get people to like them, follow them, use them, work with them. That's just a fallacy. It's, it's not true. And oftentimes, I actually think the biggest thing that prevents the bottom 98 is need. I had a need. It is incredibly hard in our lives to, you know, the reason why they, the reason why they talk about the last 10 pounds being the hardest to lose is because you don't need to. You're fine. You know, you look pretty good in clothes. You're, you know, you're feeling pretty good. You're sleeping better. It's the first 30 or 40 pounds that really made the difference. The part that made you feel uncomfortable. There was a need for you to get in better shape. Um, you know, when you're short money and you don't have enough clients and you're wondering what to do, there's a need to develop new strategies in your business. But when you have enough, where is that motivation that you'll find in your life to create a need where there really isn't one? And so for me, I think the one thing that I've seen consistent against the Glendas and the Bob Tompkins and the Ken Poseks and the Brads and the Jeffs and the Tristans and, and the Noels is that they've been able to foster some sort of drive or motivation or need in their life that drove them towards achieving things beyond maybe just the, the simple necessities of putting a roof over their heads, food on the table, 
right? And and that need can sometimes, you know, it can be clouded with greed. And if greed's your reason, you'll find that you'll see some of those people who do that. And then that's not enough, right? That need for me is more about me discovering who I am and who I could be uh, in, in my own life and who I could, what kind of life I could provide for my family. And that need is about me discovering then also that there's a lot of value in, in actually teaching and working with other agents and, and collaborating and sharing in an industry that's otherwise quite lonely. So for me, it's that need that's helped me reach that one or 2%, even when we grew past the point of having the financial need. And so I think now the bottom 95 or 96%, if they are looking at this and thinking like, what is the benefit? Why do I keep doing it? Oftentimes that the need is what set, gets them to say simple things like, you know, I, I just, I can't, I'm not good on camera. It's like, well, that, it actually doesn't matter. You don't have to be good on camera because the worse you are on camera, the more you'll draw that audience of people who are also terrible on camera, who admire your courage. Right. So whatever it ends up uh, being, whatever you put out into the world, you're going to draw criticism. You're going to draw fans. You're going to create loyalists, all of these things. Um, I never wanted followers. I wanted fans. I, I wanted people who were like fans of what we do. And so I thought the only way to do that consistently is if I always start from the get go with my authentic self. If I ever put something that's not me fully out into the world, pretend that I'm a real luxury guy and drive luxury cars and that I'm really, you know, this refined like suits type character, you know, something like that. I knew that I was going to that was going to break down when people met me in person. That was going people of every education level have like a perfect BS detector so they can see detect inauthenticity. And so Agents that are in that bottom 98% often feel that there's something about themselves that doesn't, that the 2% have. And that's actually not true. It's just that they don't yet have enough need and enough belief that they are themselves enough to draw a crowd, right? Or to get followers or that there's just so much self-talk that they don't believe they can get there. That's good. Uh, that's really good. Uh, and so finding, so, and I think over the next course of a couple of years, uh, you know, the 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 combination of higher interest rates and lack of inventory are really going to come to a head, mm -hmm. and and you're going to find you're going to probably find a mass exodus from this industry, and like there was a mass entrance as a result of COVID, essentially mm -hmm. barrier to entry is relatively low comparatively, and do you do you feel like when you're talking because you're these these real estate professionals that are listening to this right now there's probably a lot of them in that boat that are already feeling it i know we are in the mortgage industry and and just yeah. a lack of business and and so in order to build so when we talk about that need and and the necessity to get in front of a camera which yeah. You know, it's not the end all. And I think you'd agree with that statement. Yeah. It's not no, going no. to define your business, but here's how I break it down. It's not going to make or break you. There's other ways you can do it. You're just creating a disadvantage for yourself. You can create an advantage for yourself mm -hmm. by getting over that fear yeah. and a sustainable business plan that is above any antiquated plan, in my opinion. So as we talk about that and that agent's listening to this and saying, I'm feeling it. I'm thinking about the future. I'm thinking about maybe not, maybe just leaving the business as it relates 
to building that brand and getting in front of the camera, what is your advice to that person? And keep in mind, again, I'm going to keep going back to it. That person watches you. They look yeah. up to you. They're fans of you. And they're thinking to themselves, that keeps me from doing it because I can't do it to yeah. that level. So I get the DMs. First off, I get the DMs from both people, from the people that say, Brad, here's the video I just made based off of watching some of your content for a while. I sent it to my videographer. Let me know what you think. So there's the action takers, right? There's the people that see it, that have never done video before, that decided to go hire the best videographer in their market, that pushed themselves to do something they're super uncomfortable with, we're just taking action right away. And then I get a DM from them a month and a half later saying, whew, okay, didn't fully work out yet. I'm like, keep going. It didn't do anything for me for the first year. So keep flipping going, right? That's why I taught myself to do it because I think if I was paying someone else to do it in the beginning, I probably wouldn't have. But either way, these guys, some keep going. And then I get the DMs from those who say, I could never do what you do. I'm so bad on camera. And then, or you know what? I'd love to, but what camera do you shoot on? That's like suggesting that what car you drive helps you be successful at USA Mortgage. It's ridiculous. It does not matter the camera or the tool. You would never go to a carpenter and say like, what hammer is that? Right? Like you would not do that. You understand that there's something more to it. So there is no hacks or, or, or anything like that. Other than the only hack is just knowing that you are likely a lot closer to a breakthrough uh, than you might think. To be, to be honest with you, you're likely much closer to that. But speaking to your earlier point about where the industry is at right now, I hate having a, a crazy business. I built my business in a recession in Calgary. We've only had a market that's been low on inventory for five and a half months. We've only had an absolute frenzy of business for the last six to nine months. And what that means for me is that my business, which was built around at making the whole real estate process so much more invested on the front end for listing a property because of the video marketing, my business is stressed to the absolute limit because there's so much more to list. There's so many more homes to sell right now at a time when most agents don't have inventory. We're getting, my business is stretched the opposite way because I've got so many people that want CMAs that want us to come out, that want our marketing for their homes, that I don't like this part of the business either. And just like it would be foolish for agents to go and build the house, buy the car, all that stuff based on their highest income they've ever made in their life, like set using that as a goal, it would be foolish for me to try to build my business around the absolute highest point in, in the real estate cycle. So for me, I'm trying to just endure this cycle. I'm just trying to get through it to where it balances out a little bit more because on the other side of it, I will be in a much stronger place with my brand and my business. And, and real estate is, has follows the same cycle for agents. Agents, when it's a buyer's market and there's only, you know, a 40, 45% odds of selling the listing because there's so many listings on the market. I mean, agents then don't invest into their marketing. 
they they skip out on that because it's a low ROI. Like, why would I go and do all this extra work if I only got a 40% odds of selling it? That's what it was for me when I got my, my business. And it's like, think about it. If blackjack paid out at only 40% instead of 49.51, no one would play blackjack, right? And so agents, when it's a buyer's market, don't invest into listing and marketing and that stuff. And, and they don't do it because they believe it's gonna be a poor ROI. I tested that theory. I found that I could drive that 40% mark up to 78%. And finding out that I could then basically double my chances of return on investment because of marketing by making my property look better than all the other ones that were sitting on the market, I realized this is a hack. Like this is a complete hack to the industry. Yes, it's a lot more work. Yes, it's a lot more investment, but the result of it is you get all of this. Then the flip side of it is right now when homes are selling with multiple offers with an iPhone photo that's kind of half crooked that you can't even tell which house is the one on the market. They're getting blind bids, all this stuff. It's like right now agents are like, why would you invest into marketing? And it's like, it's you are following the market. You're not creating the market at that point. You're at this point in time. It's like the only time that agents really are like, you know, I'm going to invest in myself. I'm going to invest in my marketing and invest in the future is during a balanced market because they can then see, I'm likely going to sell this home anyways. I can likely take a little bit more chances. I can likely invest a little bit more. I don't have to respond to the craziness of the market. However, my goal was always to say, listen, plan, build your business in the bad times, right? And then figure it out in the hot times, like just figure out how to do it. Like, so right, I've got agents that are not on my team that are crushing it because they're just handling the, handling the overflow. Now, should those new agents that, I'm, that are actually closing deals every month now with just extra leads that we can't handle, should they be on my team? Maybe. I'm just not yet sure that if I brought on two or three more agents, that I would be able to, that this is going to last three more months or six more months in my market. I'm not sure. So I'm trying to always kind of hedge my bets just a little bit, but I'm trying to also continue to offer the exact same service that I always have uh, to my agents. So for those agents that are looking at it and thinking like, I don't know if I can make it in this business. I don't have enough business. I would ask yourself, how are you different? What are you different? What's in it for the clients that work with you? If you don't have an answer to that, you should get out of the industry. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so I want to, and we have limited time. I've already, I'm already thinking ahead to a future episode, but I'll mention that towards the end. I want to talk about a video that you did recently, because we're talking a lot about the fear of getting in front of the camera and kind of what it takes to get in front of the camera. And, you know, you mentioned it and it got me thinking about equipment. You know, you're the you're the expensive equipment guy. I'm the almost predominantly cell phone video guy. Now I have videographers and I do do some stuff, but you know, I put out a crap ton of content, 20 to 30 yep. videos a week. It's not possible to do them all that way. So I, 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 I live with this guy. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's, it's less about the equipment and more about the camera presence. It's more about how yep. you deliver the message. And, and so my, my point of saying that is that, you and I both could agree that we sucked when we started video. It's like yeah. nobody starts doing video and is great at it. It just, literally, you don't come from the womb. You all suck. And mm-hmm. so I know it's easy for us to say because now we've gotten better at it, et cetera. But you mentioned do you times two. Yeah. 
Uh, and and so talk about that. Talk about what that means. So somebody says, I know I got to do it. This podcast is going to put me over the edge. What the hell does that mean? And how can that help me have a greater presence? Yeah, I'd say that we oftentimes forget that the that fourth wall, the camera losing that third dimension, it actually takes away a lot of the energy and the passion that we're trying to convey. So if I'm just talking with you, grabbing a beer, Jeff, like in a bar, I'm probably like, hey, man, how you doing? How's things going? right? Like how's life, how's the business, how's the family and stuff like that. You see the game, we should go camping next weekend. My energy is connected to one-on-one, a one-on-one person. But if you put that on camera, it's slow, it's quiet, it's, it's halfway. And the problem with trying to project a little bit is that because the camera takes away so much energy, even when you're standing there, like, hi, it's, it's Brad McCallum and I'm your Calgary real estate agent. And I'm standing outside. It's like our brains, like if you've ever talked or listened to someone speak, that's really slow. Your brain is so much faster. You're like thinking of the next word he's going to say, you're trying to fill it all in. So the reality is, is that our, to project our true selves onto the screen, we truly do have to absolutely amplify our personal traits. So if I was to talk to you now, like face to face, as if we were going for a beer together, but in my on-screen presence, I'd be like, Jeff Fitzer, how are you doing, man? How are things at USA Mortgage? Man, it is great to see you today. It's like, if you could go like radio voice, or you could just try to really emulate that passion. Like if you tell someone like, man, I really appreciate being on the show today. It's like, how can you get what's inside you, how you feel, your passion for that, your, your passion for the business, how can you convey that to someone? The only way you can do that is if you are you times two. Elevate and amplify your energy on camera. And that, once, once you look back at the footage, I, don't re- I never look back at the footage now and think, I, I look phony or fake or, or inauthentic. But I remember in the moment, especially in the beginning, if I was walking down the street and they were filming me and people are walking by me and I'm like, welcome to Marta Loop. It's like, yeah, that it was hard in the beginning. But what's amazing is just how many more people feel like they connect with with Brad McCallum and know Brad McCallum, know him as a dad and as an agent and as a team leader and as a husband, because I've been so willing to put myself out there and have people judge me. And I get people judging me all the time. I get, I get the hate. I get the comments. I, I had someone on that video post on Instagram say to me, uh, this is complete horse crap. Like if you're just going to be yourself, Brad, just be yourself and everyone should just accept it. But it's like, I'm not saying be inauthentic. I'm saying that you need to understand that when you're on camera, it sucks 50% of your energy and your intent out of that conversation. No matter what you do, if you just show up as yourself on camera, it is not your real self. It's not conveying that. And that is just a product of a screen versus being and feeling that other energy that happens between two people when they get together. It's almost like saying you have a choice to do a a newspaper or magazine ad, and I'm going to give you two choices. You can do it in black and white, or you can do it in color. Yeah. Which are you going to choose? And that's this really in response to anybody who says, because you know what? We preach, be authentic, yeah. be yourself. And that's why I wanted to talk about this because I actually never thought about this 
And I, I always get the comments. You have so much energy. Your camera yeah. presence is it's so, and, and my wife's like, that's not you. Like you're yeah. much more chill. You're not like that. I mean, yeah, I'm goofy sometimes, but not like that. I don't walk around. And I never thought about it. Like I didn't consciously get like this when I'm in front of the camera, yeah. it just naturally kind of took on a, a, a version of itself where people say that's your camera personality or whatever you want to call it. But I love how you say that. And, 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 and like I said, you break it down like that. Would you rather have black and white? Would you rather have color? And mm-hmm. so would you stand on stage? It, maybe you won't, would never do that. Let's say you have a team of five people and you have a team meeting. Are you going to talk to them in monotone? Or are you yeah. going to show a little energy? Are you going to show a little passion? Yeah. And I think that's what you're saying. Like give the camera your passion. Yeah. Yeah. If, if, if you feel some way about something, right? Like if you, care about your child or your son or your wife or your friend or your pal or your buddy or someone like we want to like as like man to man what do we do right like i'll come up i'll put my arm around you and be like jeff man it is great to see you right like because we want people to feel how we feel about them but the problem is the camera doesn't allow us to do that and when we add in that level of self-doubt, that self-awareness that we're in front of a camera, that just pulls away that extra little bit of our real selves. And, and so it requires us going so much bigger. And when I say you times two, it's more about how it feels to go times two. It's not necessarily the reality of going times two. It's it's just how it feels. You'll notice you'll get to a spot that feels well beyond your comfort zone. And once you break beyond that comfort zone, um, you become far less conscious of the fact that you're out there putting yourself out there because you, it's like, okay, I've committed to doing this. Judgments will come, whatever people say, will say, but that's okay. I'm in on it. Whereas just, I don't know, coming up to the edge of our comfort still it, it allows room for our conscious, our self-conscious mind to think, I'm putting myself out there. People might judge me. If I go any bigger, people might think that I'm a fool. And uh, I'm just okay with that. Like I've joked for years now. It's like, I make cool videos. I sell a lot of real estate, but I would rake lawns if that's what it took to pay my, you know, the groceries for my family. Like I've got no ego about this stuff. Like I will dance like a monkey for the internet if I have to, to take care of my family. Like I, I just will. Like none of this matters, like none of the fame part or the influence part, none of that matters. All of this has been a vehicle for me to provide my family with a big life and a better future. And oftentimes we put those self-imposed walls in our lives, preventing us from getting to the next level. And we're the ones laying the bricks. Like, you know, like I'm, you know, I don't like, you know, I've got a few extra five pounds on me right now. I I say, talk things funny. Like we're the ones constructing these walls on why we can't be the next person. I'll give you uh, just two quick examples as we kind of wrap up Mm -hmm. in my market. We've got, I've got a young guy on TikTok. He is, uh, he called me up last September, wanted to meet up. He's like, man, He's like, dude, I've been like really trying to crush TikTok. I've been in the market for like 45 minutes. I've been an agent and I've got like 25 posts already on TikTok. I'm just going to homes that are staged and vacant or new show homes. And I am walking through with my camera. Most of the time I'm not even in them. You know, he's like late 20s. He wears a flat brim, like millennial cat or whatever you want to call it. And this guy is just energetic. And I'm like, 
as soon as I met him and we talked, I'm like, like I want to, I want to work with this guy. I want to be like, just connected to this guy's thing. So I've helped him and mentored him kind of along the way as I, cause I seen him having the growth pattern that I was having 19, 20 months ago. But what's wild about him is he's now five months in the market doing nine deals a month. He will do 80 to hundred deals in the next 12 months over TikTok because what he's doing is creating 10 to 12 posts per week. Some of them are hitting a million views, all that stuff. It's just trending audio, simple stuff on his iPhone. He doesn't even have a Osmo or a gimbal. He's just walking around and holding it. It's unbelievable. And I couldn't be more proud of him, but being around that energy, even for someone like myself, because you know what it's like, this is a marathon, this business, right? Like you, you come in and you can get a little bit of heat and you can do well. And you're like, I can do all this extra stuff. And then you're like, wow, three, 36 months later, you're like, it is truly like day in, day out. You got to be thinking about this stuff and keep putting out content and keep going to work. But this kid here, like I went home, I called my wife and I said, look, I just met the guy who's going to take, take my lunch. You know, like I just met the guy who's going to take my business in the next two to three years. And I got an option. There's enough business for all of us. So I, I was joking about it, but it's like, I can either continue to grow and push myself. Right. Or I can watch the next Brad in my market come in and take his, I want him to get everything he can. Right. But there's enough from others that we can take that we don't even have to take from each other. And I don't even care because I respect what he's doing and how he's doing it. And he's doing listing video tours just on his iPhone and 20 seconds or left less to trending audio and getting like five to 10 leads a day. It's, it's amazing. Do you want to share his name? Yeah. It's Tyler Hasman. Yeah. How do you, how do you spell that last name? H A S S M A N. Go check him out on TikTok. In fact, we'll talk offline maybe about bringing him on interviewing him. Yeah. Um, that'd be great. I love that. And so I know we got to wrap up. Uh, so I want you to do first off uh, parting thoughts, and then I yep. want to tease a, an upcoming episode that you yep. don't even know about yet. So, okay. Uh, yeah. Parting thoughts. First off, Jeff, always great to see you, man. Lover conversations offline. I would say any agents out there, if you can find three or four other agents that you really respect and mastermind with them in a group text, like the stuff that we get to talk about with, with Tristan and Ken and Tim and stuff is just, it gets me to think well outside of the simple trains of thought that I follow. And so I find the masterminding and the community of like lab code agents and, and the different spots online has been what's motivated me to grow my business. It's not been just following one other agent or an agent who's marketing. I like it's actually getting into conversations with other agents doing cool stuff and experimenting and trying new things. I think that's a brilliant concept and you just gave me a video idea. I love that. <laughs> I look forward to the, I look forward to the continued conversations. Uh, the one thing I'm going to say is Brad said something in the very beginning that we did not get a chance to talk about. So now we're going to have to do another episode about it, which we, I didn't gloss over it because I wrote it down, but he does 20% more luxury than any agent in his market that had to perk up every agent's ears. Everybody wants to get into luxury and he's not doing it the way you go to a breakout session at a conference and learn about he's doing it differently and you need to learn how Brad's doing it. So Brad, we're going to have to schedule this again, maybe in a couple months or whenever you've got time. And uh, we're going to have to talk about how you are doing more luxury than everybody else through your ways. Hey, sounds good, brother. Always great to see you, Jeff. Have a good one, man. One last question. How can hey, people you find you, connect with you? Yeah, just check it out at The Real, Brad McCallum 
on Facebook or Instagram, or just put my name into to YouTube and it should be the first that comes up. Go connect with Brad, folks. Awesome. Thanks a lot, guys. Take care. This episode is brought to you by Street Text, where you can run Facebook ads that actually work. They're ready to go Facebook ads that include landing pages, text message assistance through AI, drip emails, capture forms, and best practices. Join Street Text at streettext.com. Agents Podcasts.